what is the system? And what I mean by this is the society that we live in and all of the problems that people describe. People complain about the system, but a lot of people can't also define exactly what this system is. After a lot of reading, what I have found is that it can actually be explained with just looking at one thing, and that is the legal system, or at least the laws. Everything we do in every single country that we live in is defined by the limitations of our actions and what limits our ability to do things is normally the law. The law defines what things we do to earn money. The law defines what we do in our spare time. It also, it also defines what we can't do or prohibited from doing. And the law is not just this arbitrary thing. It's a set of beliefs and values incorporated into this system that we call the legal system. And the reason I am highlighting this is because what I have found interesting is that across the entire planet, a lot of countries are having the same issues. I initially thought that each country had its own separate legal system. But after just looking into it a little bit, what I found is that there's actually only a few legal systems that the entire globe follows. The legal system can be defined into basically four basic systems. These four are one, civil law, two, common law, three, customary law, and four, religious laws. Now, <clears throat> a lot of countries don't follow each one purely. Most countries are a mixture of all of them. The legal systems, for example, in civil law, is mainly French law, German law, and Scandinavian law. While common law is the one I follow, which is British law, because I live in Britain, in the United Kingdom. I think common law is also followed in America. Although American law and British law seem different, they are actually the same. They, they follow the same foundation of common law. Another one is customary law, which is more of a long-standing... It's more about following social traditions. It's just seeing what kind of social standards have people been following and then just kind of make them law. That's what a customary law is. And same thing is when religious law came in. It's just people... And the only difference between customary law and religious law is that normally religious law sees the law from a higher power given to the given to the people from a higher power like Judaism Islamic or Baha'i faith i think that's the three main religious laws because uh, christianity doesn't really make laws it's more of a guidance a guidance of principles so that's the legal system and if you actually go to 
Wikipedia and just look at the list of national legal systems, you'll see a map of uh, a color-coded map where all these laws are highlighted. And you'll find that, again, it's only these kind of four laws and a mixture of these four laws that cross the, the entire country. And the reason I'm highlighting all this is because the the p- things people could describe, such as capitalism or communism or socialism, and then all of the other things people describe, even anarchism, all stem from the law, the legal system. The legal system defines all of these systems. And the issue people are having is that people are trying to move to this new system, like go from capitalism to socialism or to communism, without really looking at the law in depth. And that's why a lot, a majority of them fail. Is because if you listen to, like, for example, a lot of leftists, they'll say, oh, we'll just need to keep fighting for it. And then when we get there, we'll figure it out, which is it doesn't make any sense. You should figure it out. If you do have an idea for a new system, you should have the ability to draw it up now, not wait until some point where this system has collapsed and now you're reconstructing the system, but no, but have no plan. That's why I've kind of stopped listening to a lot of these people online following all these ideas, because first of all, they can't define the idea they're following. And secondly, they can't describe the system they are trying to get to and with a concrete plan. So when we look at, for example, just the economic systems, like an economic system is pretty much, is a pretty simple idea. It's, ju- it's just how the world works, really, in terms of making goods and services. So if I just d- uh, read out what an economic system is, an economic system is just a system of production, of resource allocation and distribution distribution of goods and services within a society or a given geographic area. So if I describe what an economic system is, an economic system is just a system of production, resource allocation and distribution of goods and services within a society or a given geographic area. It includes the combination of the various institutions, agencies, entities and decision-making processes and patterns of consumption that comprise the economic structure of a given community. Now, put it simply, there are actually just four principles of an economic system. That is, one, what kinds and quantities of goods shall be produced. Two, how goods shall be produced. So you got what kinds of goods, how the goods are produced, how these goods will be distributed, and then also when to produce these goods. Because it should be supply and demand. If we if there is no demand for this product, it shouldn't be made. And that's what's called overproduction. Overproduction is when you are overproducing. You're producing more than there is demand for it. And this is mainly because of how companies function today which is 
they first get investors, so they accumulate capital first and then use this capital to produce and then try and find a buyer for all of the goods they've produced. And what ends up happening most of the time is that they don't end up finding the buyers just because there just isn't a demand out there for that product. And so what ends up happening is that you end up sending all these goods that are produced into the landfill because there's no consequences of doing this. They've received money from the investors. The investors might have lost. The only consequence is the loss of capital from the investors. But a majority of the time, the investors don't put a majority of their funds anyways into that company. So most of them are not bothered because they have a diverse portfolio. So one just one bad investment is not going to destroy them. It's just going to be a minor inconvenience. But it is a big inconvenience to the environment and to where all these products and goods and so, these goods are dumped at because you, you spend all this time resources and labor producing all these goods and they just end up in the landfill somewhere and most possibly in the ocean and so when you look at an economic system what you're trying to do is figure out okay looking at how what how we live what is the best way to do this? How? What is the best way to organize the way we live? The uh, eating the food and getting rid of waste and transportation and all these things. How are we going to organize ourselves in with all these people in this society that we live in? So that's an economic system, and there's been many ways of looking at an economic system. Some are things like capitalism, there's communism, there's, there's also been, you know, historically, feudalism. And back in, I don't know, maybe the 17th century, we had like the market economy. So we had free market capitalism because there was no laws put on the market. And so that's why there was, you know, child slavery and all this stuff. Because there was exploitation, the market people in the market could basically just exploit because there was no consequences and one of the economic systems that led me onto this path was probably something called a resource-based economy and this was um, a project by Jack Fresco and uh, by the Venus Project who created the Venus Project and that's organizing a society based on the resources that are around us so not on a market system not on a capital system but on a resource-based system communism is more of a value-driven system based on the value of the community or social value at least that's what I, I, I from what I've read but again even the reason I don't want to define the systems is because a lot of these words that we're using, like communism, capitalism, anarchism, have all been distorted. And so there's a lot of emotion behind these words. And a lot of people get triggered, even when you just mention these words. So I try and avoid talking about these words specifically 
and I am better off describing what system I am in now and what system I want to be in in the future rather than using words to just describe the system now and then the one we're trying to get to or another system that has happened before because the meaning behind these words have been lost so I, I at the beginning of this I talked about the how most of what we have done in the global community is mostly based on laws and laws define two things our economics and our political system so a way of governance and I said the, the economic system is how we organize kind of resources and labor whereas the political system is more how we make decisions in relation to more of like cultural systems and social systems um, let me just look at a definition of a political system so uh, in political science a political system means the type of political organization that can be recognized observed or otherwise declared by a state it defines the process for making official government decisions. It usually comprises the government legal and economic system, social and cultural system. However, this is very simple. This is a very simplified view of a much more complex system of categories involving the question of who should have authority and what the government influence on its people and economy should be and whether there should be an authority in the first place. Now, there's actually, from what I'm reading, about three different types of political or governmental systems. There's what we described as democratic, so that's kind of by vote. You have non-democratic, so that's kind of, there is no voting process it's just someone's put in a, a position of authority or there is no authority so that's anarchism and then there are other types of systems such as communi communists colonialist and aristocratic because from these systems yeah in communists i don't think there is a political system or if there is, I'm not sure exactly what it is. And, and again, you got other ones like technocracy, theocracy, dictatorship. And again, those are non-democratic systems. And it's all based on just how many people are in charge. So like a monarchy, you got the king or queen. And how the person in charge is decided, for example, in a monarchy, is just by bloodline. So it's just a biological thing. So whoever's their descendant is chosen to be the ruler. While our kind of authoritarian, it's more about just who has more military control. So they have kind of military authority and they just kind of force people to do stuff. So that is a political system. So what I've been doing over these years is trying to have, find solutions to specific problems. 
I have smaller projects. This for this project, what I'm trying to do is uh, figure out what this current system is and figure out a way to live in a better system and then define that better system. And again, I'm not going to give a name to what this system is and what the system I envision is. Because for one, I'm still trying to figure out what this system is. And I'm also trying to figure out what a better system would look like. Because at the moment, I'm not entirely sure. I first thought that from reading Karl Marx that we can go from capitalism to socialism and then dissolve the state and go into communism based on what they described but the more I think about it the more I have found that the society that we live in is more based on beliefs and people's values than how we organize ourselves because what's more important than organization is actually people's beliefs and values if you can't get people to follow your beliefs and values, then there's almost no point in trying to organize because you need to have a foundation for beliefs and values before you can move on to organizing. And uh, in talking about organizing, I've been looking at complexity science because the world that we live in is becoming more complex and what I've discovered is that actually there is a science behind this complexity called complexity science, which can then explain how we, how we organize ourselves in a complex environment. One of these um, subject, um, sub-subjects, anyways, under complex systems is cybernetics. And uh, I discovered this by investigating the cyber scene project by, um, I can't remember the name, but it was the, vi um, the guy who created the viable system model in the 1950s and then went on to help the Chile government organize their entire country between 1917 and 1973 using the uh, complexity science and uh, most specifically how feedback loops work in terms of feedback mechanisms in an economic system. So how do people communicate with each other? The fact that communication itself is just a bunch of feedback mechanisms. I talk, someone listens and then they respond. That is a feedback ask for someone's feedback i am that is a feedback loop i am asking and then they i am receiving and and discovering and looking into feedback mechanisms is one method of because it's positive feedback and negative feedback and what you'll find is that a lot of for example companies corporations uh, never investigate what these feedback mechanisms are and so when there is a negative feedback loop within the organization, it ends up um, having a systematic failure. So it means that you know an organization, especially large ones, are complex systems. And you're, what you'll find is that because they don't 
they they're not aware that what they are in is a complex system and are therefore don't look into complexity science and methods of resolving issues within their company that are complex issues and end up in being a chaotic system which ends ends up collapsing so what you'll find is that most a lot of majority of companies which are large end up collapsing in on it on themselves because of the ever increasing f- negative feedback loops within their organization and a majority of the low paid workers are aware of this are aware of all these negative feedback loops but because the managers in all these organizations rely on the method of reductionism which looks at simple problems instead of complex problems and tries to find the root cause of the problem instead of trying to find causes which are which in a system in a complex system there isn't even a single cause it's a it's a multitude of factors that end up in a result it's not a cause and effect thing it's more of multiple random things that come together which end up uh, it would turn into a result and you can't find a part in your a single part in your organization that's broken you need to investigate and um examine feedback loops and all this stuff to 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 minimize the da- um like the damage of negative feedback loops and then incorporate positive feedback loops that's one of the methods you would utilize to resolve a complex issue yeah so that's one of the methods you would use to resolve a company from a large company from collapsing and the reason i'm talking about companies is because the legal system going back to the legal system the legal system has now been taken over by corporations because the global system that this podcast is about is itself a complex system and the negative feedback loop in this global society that we live in is that the legal system has a especially under i believe common law which is the british legal system which is in america has a legalized lobbying and lobbying is bribery is legal bribery that's all it is it's just influencing a person with money to change a law and because what's the main thing a company does the primary purpose of a company is to make money and therefore the negative feedback loop is that a corporation main objective is to make money the feedback is when this money can be used that influence laws that which itself can allow companies to make even more money and that's a negative positive feedback loop so companies make more money the more money they make the more power they have over politicians through lobbying which then allow them through legal action to earn more money 
which then gives them more power. This is a negative, what you would call a negative positive feedback loop, because it is ever increasing, but it's negative. And this continuous feedback is inevitably going to collapse the global economy. And the reason it's a problem on a global scale is because the law itself is not bound by a country. The law crosses boundaries. I'm not talking about international law here. What I am talking about is the common practice of certain laws. It's like um, it's like a, almost like a standard. Like the common law is like a standard for law. And it's just that a lot of companies have incorporated this legal standard. And let me just say it again, there are, you know, there's mainly just four legal standards. There's civil law, common law, customary law, and religious law. Some countries use one of these standards. A lot of countries use multiple of these standards. So an example might be a mixture of civil law and common law. Like, for example, North Africa... I think is mostly Islamic and as well as the Middle East and then you know maybe uh, South America is civil law mixture with customary law and again I'm not I'm not a lawyer I can't give legal advice but at least I'm just painting a picture of how the global economy works or just how the global system works and so to change what we call the system, we literally need to change this legal system that we currently have. Unfortunately, because of things like religion as well, it has been an ongoing thing for many thousands of years. Um, and again, stating what I've stated before, Law is based on values and beliefs. So what I think we should do is instead of focusing too much on just the law, although I do think it's still important, is to first examine our beliefs and values before we can move on to a better system, whatever this system might be. And so the question arises... How do we define what beliefs and values we hold? And unfortunately, these questions are philosophical questions. A philosophical question is a question that normally doesn't have a straightforward answer. And here lies the issue, is that we need to in dig deeper into philosophy itself to figure out what this better system, global system is. And talking to people, what I've found is that a lot of people don't look into philosophy. Or at least if they have looked into philosophy, it's on a very shallow level. When I mean on a deep level is looking at the source material. A lot of people do not read the source material to a lot of the things they believe and follow. 
So an example would be, you know, would be communism. If you follow communism, you need to look at the source material. Source material would be Das Kapital from Karl Marx, but also earlier books that were inspired by Karl Marx, like Hegel. Hegel inspired Karl Marx, Adam Smith. He was just another influence to Karl Marx. Another one which people overlook is Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin was a principle to his ideas because Charles Darwin went against religion. Because again, because of religious law, Charles Darwin's work contradicted a lot of religious beliefs, which then contradicted religious law. And then we created legal systems that went against a lot of these laws because of things like evolution, the theory of evolution. Whether these are true or not is irrelevant. It's more about persuading a large enough population to follow in a different belief system, which will then create a new, a new legal system because of the backlash, because of the controversy. That's why it's important to look at our beliefs, whether they are true or not, and just kind of, not just a personal belief, but a belief on a community social level, on a global scale, look at what the majority of the beliefs are, on a global scale, so that we can determine what maybe a legal system should be on a global scale, based on the global beliefs and the global value systems that people follow. Regardless of whether these are true or not, beliefs are normally held for a majority of people's lifetime. So it's therefore, and and because emotions and values are deeply ingrained in individuals, there's a, normally a deep emotional bond to these values and beliefs. And therefore, when you go against these beliefs, there is a very violent backlash of protest and war. And so I'm not saying we should follow everyone just from pure blind consensus but it's just important to highlight these beliefs and values that the global community holds so at the very least we can start to organize some structure some legal structure and then once we have a legal foundation that a majority of people can follow at least from a belief and value basis then we can at least start pointing into a direction that majority of people follow that, for example, is, I don't know, better for the uh, environment. And then when I mean environment is the habitat that animals live in. So making sure that we do not cut down any more forests that are affecting endangered species. That I hopefully would be a belief and value system that a majority of people follow. Because if that is not the case, 
then you might as well just destroy those habitats because it goes with people's beliefs. If people believe that should be done, then unfortunately you just can't stop it. Because, you know, when I mean a majority, like over 50% of people, so if over 50% of people believe that they are more important than the habitat of animal species, which is actually what is happening in Brazil. A majority of poor people in Brazil have the belief that it is their fundamental right for them to claim the land of the rainforest in Brazil. And it this is why it is getting destroyed, regardless of what legal structure is there. Because the beliefs and values that these people hold causes an action, which is to cut down a tree so that they can start farming because they believe it's their right to do so. And um, now beliefs and values are what I think are a is a complex system. And this is why I mentioned complexity science back then. It's because some belief systems that a majority of people follow might end up making us extinct. Just because a majority of people follow a belief doesn't mean we should follow it. And it doesn't mean it's right. You know, the difference that's the whole thing of value is and belief is like, you know, believing what is right and wrong. And so, you know, I would hopefully think, well, again, some people might even think that the extinction of humanity might be a good thing. (laughs) You know, if a majority of people think the extinction of humanity is a good thing, then should we allow it to happen? Again, it's 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 just saying like, are you should we allow consensus to take over? Consensus being that as long you know, we if we have a consensus vote, which means if as long as the majority of people vote in one way, they should have the right of 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 authority. And here I'm going that that and that's in a democrat. That's the problem of a democratic system. Is that like, for example, a democratic system? Is that if a majority of people vote on something, but the majority vote negatively impacts the society, is a democratic system a good thing? Similar to what I was talking about with beliefs and values, is a majority vote on a belief and value good for us, humanity? Or is value and beliefs a different thing? That shouldn't be followed on a majority or consensus, but on something different. And I'm hoping that by learning more about complexity science, that we can find this new way, this a a more a better way to resolve these these current issues that we have. You know, like like majority vote, thinking that oh. Was, a lot of people might think that consensus is the right way forward, that as long as the majority of people vote on this thing, that it should be okay. But is that really the method we want to use to to choose to make a decision? Or is there a better way to make a decision? Is there a better way to choose whether a belief is good or not, or whether a value should be followed? Like, instead of voting someone why not have a point system based on values and beliefs 
or based on the merits and the positive and negatives of like a candidate, for example. So for a candidate, you have a list of positive and negatives that each one can follow, that each one offers. So, so maybe a candidate offers a policy and each policy has a list of positives and negatives. And uh, we maybe we follow a standard of what positives and negatives are and you don't choose the candidate and maybe there's more than one candidate there's more than two candidates so instead of just having more two candidates you have like a, a large list of candidates and it's just the candidate that has the most points that wins instead of having the most votes but again like i'm just speculating at this point i i don't know what a better for example a better system a political voting system might be or a system for deciding what a better leader is and whether even we need to have this whole thing of choosing a leader in the first place uh, because from my investigation in cybernetics all we need is a governor and when i mean a governor i mean like a thing that stabilizes a mechanism that can stabilize a complex or a, a system for example, a governor in a, there's a governor in like a turbine engine. If it spins too quickly, too quickly, the governor is like a weight, and it is there to slow it down. So, based on centripetal force, if this if the propeller is spinning too quickly, the governor, which is like a big ball that spins, the weight of it, at a because of the force created by spinning, will slow it down. And that is self-governing. So what I'm asking is whether us as a society could have a sort of self-governance system, a mechanism of self-governance. A good metaphor might be like ants. You have uh, an ant with a queen. You know, the queen is there for just purely biological production. But in terms of how the, for example, the ant society is organized, there is no governmental body, there is no company, there is no managers. These ants, the, the queen doesn't pump out a bunch of leaders or managers. It only pumps out maybe uh, like two types. It has, I think, worker ants and military ants. I believe I, I need to look into and biology but it mainly pumps two or three different types of ants um and these ants self-organize based on a set of principles of communication and sets of behavior so they self-organize not based on a authority figure or a leader but based on a mechanism of behaviors and communication methods such as pheromones these um they the, the ants are blind so they mainly use um pheromones which is a chemical to communicate between each other and they you they emit a different pheromone based on what they want to communicate so that's one of the mechanisms and because the, the chemical pheromone is can be left um in the, it 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 lingers it means this. it's a method of communication that an, another ant can stumble across. So if it detects a pheromone, it could be mean just danger. Don't go this way. There's an enemy. An enemy ant. <laughs> so um, 
retreat or something. And so, yeah, this is what this podcast is about. What is this current system that we live in? And what is the better system that we want to live in? And, uh, for example, how am I going to do this? How am I going to define the system that we want to live in? And so um, going back to the last, I think the last episode or the episode before this, I was talking about my Wisdation project, which is on accumulating wisdom, because I set out a foundation on what is wisdom and how it can be accumulated and foundation for wisdom is knowledge and understanding and uh, found and i've defined knowledge as a justified true belief in terms of the philosophical definition and there is belief belief is under knowledge so what i think we need to do is actually start looking at what defines knowledge, what defines understanding and wisdom. Before we can move on with trying to define our economic and political system or whatever system we are in currently. Because once we define this system that we live under, examining the laws that create these negative feedback loops, then we can start to do, so you know there's going to be negative feedback loops and positive feedback loops and neutral feedback loops in terms of like legal for example and then we can start eliminating these negative feedback loops for example um of the plastic issue the plastic issue of plastic in the ocean and plastic in um and just everywhere at this point it's everywhere um and looking at okay, what is the negative feedback? What well, neg- a negative feedback loop is that um, we are allowing petroleum or the crude oil to be drilled out of the ground, and we allow all of these processes of from crude oil to plastic to occur without consequence, because that's the whole point of a legal system. The whole point of a legal system is that there are consequences for actions. There's rewards for positive behavior and there's consequences for negative behavior. A bonus for positive behavior would be incentives. You know, like farmers get incentive because farming is a positive behavior. It allows us to eat food. Um, Stealing is a negative behavior because of property law because of we define property law as a, a right that we should have or committing harm to others that we've defined that as a value that we that we hold and that we if there was harm put, set forth to others that it, there should be a negative a um a consequence to this behavior and so as you can just see just from the plastic thing what laws or allowing this to happen. And again, because of companies and the purpose of a company is to make money and profit, that and because of lobbying is legal, it perpetuates the issue. Maybe one of the first things we need to do is make lobbying illegal. But the question is, how do you do that? How do you make lobbying illegal 
if you need lobbying to make lobbying illegal, if you need to lobby for the sole purpose of making lobbying illegal, kind of sounds counterintuitive. You kind of, you know, you're you're using this evil to fire with fire. You know, you're <laughs> you're trying to use something that is damaging to destroy something that is damaging. So there is no simple solution to a lot of these problems. And um, so that's kind of just the end of this podcast, the, the, where I want to leave it. Because I want to, I've been hesitant at talking about these issues because it hasn't been clear in my mind exactly what these issues are. And actually, <laughs> this is my third attempt at recording this. Because I had um, I had beliefs that were uh, unresolved, and uh, a lot of um, faulty reasoning allowed these beliefs to form. And and what I found now is I I just need to step back. I need to step back from all this political and economic judgment and um, examine it from a new perspective. And this new perspective is looking at, is examining the legal structures, belief systems, and values before we can move forward. Now, to clarify a lot of my thoughts, I have been doing a lot more writing. And uh, I'm currently writing on my Substack. And actually, I have, a multi- I have multiple Substacks. So... Uh, you'll be able to find all this at my website, louimusset.com. And there is currently a tab, I believe, called Newsletter, or it might be called Substack. I might have changed it to Substack. And when you click on that, you'll be able to go to my Louis Musset profile. And under my Louis Musset profile at Substack, you can then see all my Substacks. So I have a Louis Musset Substack. And I will also have an economic system transition substack. I also have a Wisdation substack and others that I'm still working on. I'm not sure if I'm going to be making a video about this, but if there is further interest, I might do. And I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with YouTube because I have a Louis Musset channel. But I also want to make other channels, but I haven't decided yet how I'm going to do that. So I'm trying to clear it out, clear out my, um, you know, trying to, I'm trying to straighten out my own beliefs by writing on my Substack, and also making this podcast by talking about um, just what's on my mind. And once what's on my mind is clear, I can then start to formulate it into a video um, and then I can start putting visuals into it and diagrams and stuff like that to make to allow what I'm talking about to be more comprehensive to be understood more and so yeah okay that's going to be the end of this podcast so I've spent the last four podcasts talking about my various projects and um I don't know what the next podcast is going to be about my next podcast episode. But 
I'm hoping it's just going to be a combination of all this. So it's going to just be a combination of me talking about the ideas around my projects and then me also just talking about myself and what I am doing currently in like this society and what I'm doing maybe for work or what I'm doing to look at like self self-employment if that is an option because I'm currently still fully employed because I haven't figured out a way yet to earn money through self-employment and another matter of whether self-employment is a a a, a, a route I should follow but then again that's another that's that's another issue I'm trying to resolve. Whether it's morally, ethically, to focus on money and all that stuff. The valid the morality around money. But I will I'll think about that more on the later date. Um yeah, that's all I have really. So you can find me at loomusset.com. To communicate with me, you can go to loomusset.com slash contact me. That's it contact page maybe it's just contact page and uh, you can email me through that um yeah you can either yeah i think email might be my only method at the moment of communication this podcast will also be on youtube so you'll be able to comment down below i should allow comments yes i think i've allowed comments on my podcast so you can email me through my website or contact me below in the comment section of the youtube video Uh, Thank you for listening and until the next podcast episode.